Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 49 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail throughout Week 9 and the rest of the 2022 Fantasy Football Season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. We have news to talk about. We have injury updates. It is Thursday at like 9 o'clock. Thursday Night Football is on right now. And uh, we have a lot to talk about for a huge Friday show leading into Week 9. Yeah, there's a, there's a good amount of news. I feel very good about my old boom team this week. So, uh, yeah, let's get, let's get right into it. I, f- I feel okay about mine. So, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um it, it, it's been a week, guys. It's, it's, it's been a week or two weeks or something. It's, it's, all, it's all melting together. Anyway, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to prepare you as the best we can for Sunday with today. This is our Friday show. Um, we're going to give you uh, news and injury updates. We're going to give you our all-boom and all-bust teams. And we're going to end the show like we do every Friday show with our Flex on them segment, giving you um, one player from each team that could start in the Flex spot. And we'll tell you which player we would rather start. So with that said, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much. We do the show uh, four times a week, plus a fifth being a live show. So we do the show on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Just told you what we do on the Friday show. And then we have the live on Sundays, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Um, We love doing that live show. We go for about an hour from 8.30 to 9.30, sometimes 10 o'clock, depending on our schedules. Uh, This week's definitely going to be about an hour, but that's okay. Um, We're going to try to answer all of your fantasy questions in that hour. And that's our goal. We want to answer every fantasy question that you have, whether it's about trades, Waiver wire, stardom, sit-em, uh, whatever it is, we want to help you guys out. So it's Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern, Eastern time on our YouTube, our Facebook, and our Twitter. Uh, YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. Um, if you want to listen to the show during the week, you can listen on our audio streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you'd rather watch and listen to the show, go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you're watching this video, drop a like on it. Hit a subscribe to that channel. I don't think we're at 100 subscribers yet. I know we were close. I'll so check right now. Um, we're still at 98, so let's see if we get those 100 followers uh, before Sunday. We'd appreciate that. Uh, also, keep connecting with us on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Primetime, FF Pod, Facebook, and YouTube, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Starting off with some injury updates and some news. I'm, I'm going to flip the script on you, Nick, here, because um, this is one I know you want to speak about. Um, here's some news. Uh, Miles Sanders scored again. Um, Nick, Nick, we're going to have to make some apologies. No, that's Kenneth Sanders. Gainwell that scored. Is it? It is Kenneth Gainwell. I hate this team. I have, I have Jalen Hurts going. Um, all right. Michael Thomas with the toe injury is going to have surgery, going to go on IR, and we'll miss the rest of the season. He's going to end up missing, I think, a total of, crap, 12 games maybe because of a toe injury. Uh, Brian Robinson missed four, and he was shot twice. That's what everybody says going on Twitter. Um, Nick, I'm going to let you speak about this first. You traded for Michael Thomas, and I think you drafted him on another team. So um, your thoughts as a, I guess, a former Michael Thomas owner at this point, he shouldn't be on your roster. Uh, I have him still in our league because it is keeper. Part of why I traded for him was there is a chance that I have to play him next year. Now, do I like him over some of my other keeper options? No, but you, you never know what happens, right? So it it sucks. This dude has not been able to stay healthy for a full season in four. I think this is his third season where he played less than half the season. 
uh, than suffered season-ending injury. We, we don't know officially if it's season-ending, but I, I'm assuming it is going to be. Um, it sucks, man. It absolutely sucks. And I feel bad for him because this dude was dominant, and then he got hurt the following year, and everyone started calling him Slant Boy. And then he's ne- – like, every time he's gone on the field – he has proven people wrong, right? Like, he's been very good when he's been out on the football field. I'm pretty sure he's averaging, like, 16 or 17 fans, fantasy points per game in the games he plays. Yeah, I think so. It's pretty high. So, it sucks for Mike Thomas. I feel terrible for this guy. And the worst part is they drafted Olave, so they have no problem letting him walk after this year or I don't know when his contract's up. And then he's not going to get a lot of money because he hasn't been healthy. So, I feel bad for the player and the person and Michael Thomas and – for your fantasy teams, it absolutely sucks. Um, the Outside of Olave, I don't think any of the other receivers have been cons- consistent enough to pick up or play, so I still don't love playing them, but it, it, it just sucks, man. It sucks. I feel bad for the guy. I think you hit the nail on the head, and this is why I was avoiding Michael Thomas and all the fantasy leagues. I basically avoided everybody that had an injury history. Now, I never had the chance to draft McCaffrey, so I didn't totally avoid him, but I, I was avoiding him. Uh, I did avoid Saquon, and obviously he's proven me wrong this year. Uh, and I avoided Michael Thomas, and uh, that was one guy I just didn't want to touch because of the injury history. And, uh, y- you know, that's just one of those things where when somebody's injured every single year, it's multiple injuries. At that point, it's like, when do you trust the guy? Uh, every time he goes down, you're going to be worried about an injury, and that that's kind of a problem for your fantasy team. So uh, they drafted Olave for a reason. They not only drafted him, they traded up to get Olave. So they liked yeah. him, not just the talent, but also the position. Uh, position of need, and they also went out and signed Jarvis Landry, so they recognized that they needed another alpha dog receiver to step up, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about Olave later on the show, but um, you know, that that's the situation over there for the Saints. Rashad Bateman with a foot injury is to have season-ending end- I don't know how to say this. Listrank? Listfrank? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's season-ending foot surgery. Uh, so, anyway, um, that sucks for him, but I, he's another one that I've just been against the whole season, I guess. Um, been very hot or cold, boom or bust, and I haven't had him as a lot of booms. So, um, in my opinion, if you drafted him, it was just a bust pick. And at this point, dropping it might serve you better because you don't have to worry about even playing the gamble of playing him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, like, he hasn't been good outside of the first two weeks, and those were definitely off weeks. We've been saying it. We've been anti-Bateman for a while. Um I think we both liked him before the season. We thought he could be a sleeper, but neither of us liked him. But this is a real, like, disappointment. I, I, I think we both pegged him as a guy that could break out, but neither of us loved him to where we had him as. Yeah, I think we saw the potential, but there's potential with so many players. He just falls into the same category as a lot of other potential yes, players. Yes, exactly. For us, so, at least. I know other analysts had different ideas, but for us, at least. That, that's what yeah. we thought. And the What's so annoying is like they had to know that he was going to have this surgery for a couple days now. So why didn't they go trade for one of these receivers that were up, was up on the block, right? Like, you know, you need a young receiver. Why wouldn't you spend up and go get Jerry Judy or go get a veteran like Brandon Cooks, who is a perfect scheme fit for them? Like, it, it's more so an indictment on the organization, I feel, because they really had a chance to capitalize on the wide receiver position. None of none of their top two guys, Devin Duvernay or him. Have had like, I don't think either of them have had a game with over five catches this year. So like, you don't have a leader on the outside. I know you have Andrews, but now he's dinged up too. So it's like, you this this is a real indictment on that organization. I think they should have picked someone up. I mean, maybe they make a move at Will Fuller, or they can land Odell Beckham off free off free agents. But ugh, I do not feel comfortable with with my my, my my two cents on that is they could have called teams and not 
liked you know what they wanted the panthers have always wanted i think a first round pick for dj Moore, and they may not want you know wanted to have um budged on that uh the texan situation is really weird because he brandon cooks expected to be traded wanted to be traded and he wasn't and it just feels like the texans didn't want to trade him for some reason um I don't think the Broncos are ever going to trade Jerry Judy. I just don't. He's playing better at Russell Wilson. They paid Russell Wilson a lot of money. I just, I don't think they were ever trading him unless they got a King's ransom, especially mm-hmm. when they traded Bradley Chubb. Uh, so with that said, I wonder if the Ravens, they, they, I think they either have to draft the receiver in round one next year and then pay Lamar Jackson, or I wonder if there's a slight chance that they blow it up. I mean, I'd lot. be surprised because they probably are going to walk away winning the division still because of how talented the team is, and the division hasn't looked strong. Um, but but I don't think I mean, they're I that talented. I, I, I don't think they're that good of a football team. I don't know. They, I mean, they still have that coaching staff there, and they, they seem to always they're, have – They're very game. well coached from a talent standpoint. I don't think they match up well with most of the AFC. I mean, they've competed in every game this season. I mean, they hung, they hung with the Bills up until a game – I think they missed a, a field goal or they didn't take a field – like a bad coaching error yeah. or so. They're, they're hanging with the top dogs. They're just not finishing games, and that's where you need your playmaker receiver. Yeah, so we'll see where they go from there. Um, Unless they get Odell, it's not going to be much change this year at least. Yeah. Finally, Cam Akers has decided to return to practice after not being traded. He practiced in full today. The situation is really interesting because I guess it was his choice to not practice for like two weeks. Um, I don't know. That, that, that whole situation is really interesting to me how McVay's kind of handled that. Yeah, it sounds like they're get, getting along. It's almost like if I said to my boss, like, hey, I don't want to come into work. I'm I'm looking for another job. Yeah, pretty literally. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm coming back. And then you're welcome with open And arms. what's weird is, like, the report came out that, like, the rate that the Rams wanted to trade him, and they got calls and trade offers for him. I didn't think they were going to get anything because I didn't think Cam Akers has looked good. But the rumor is there were teams calling, and they didn't make the move, so – Maybe they do actually implement him. I still think it's a running back by committee. I can't trust any of them yet, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope they prove me wrong. Yep, very weird. All right. Um, so for injuries, uh, did not practice on Thursday or or uh, Wednesday. Uh, Mark Andrews with a shoulder injury. Now, um, John Harbaugh did say that it was a minor injury. Didn't think it was serious. This is the first day of practice for the Ravens because they play on Monday night. But it is something to monitor. See if he practices Friday or Saturday. You may need to have a backup. Uh, in mind um isaiah likely is yep um a good young tight end for them so if you have mark andrews there's your handcuff yep absolutely also for the ravens gus edwards with a hamstring i think he does miss this week uh jonathan taylor with the ankle injury is not practiced on wednesday or thursday go pick up Deion jackson if he's on your waiver wire especially if you have jonathan taylor on the so matchup- in espn formats now taylor is projected zero and they're always they're pretty spot on when they put a guy at zero okay. that they don't play and Deion Jackson's at a 14-point projection against uh, the Patriots. Interesting. So. Uh, it is a bad matchup, no matter who plays, though. Uh, yep. Derrick Henry with a foot injury. Practice Wednesday, said he would play Sunday, and did not practice Thursday. Seemed like a rest day, but just noting it. Tanhill did not practice with an ankle injury. And Keenan Allen has not practiced on now, I believe it's Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I think I'm correct on that. And um, this is coming off injury. the as well. So. And, he, and he said the hamstring injury got worse during the bye, which makes zero sense to me. I don't know what workouts he was doing, but... He some it somehow he said he got worse it got worse during the bye. Listen, and I don't know medical staff that well, but we know the Chargers have a history of not having a good medical staff. From, yeah, from Justin Herbert's first start to extended injuries, like like they have not been good. And Keenan Allen's a player that when he's been healthy, he's been dominant in fantasy. So 
for him to be unhealthy and be nursing an injury like this for this long, I, I don't know. I don't feel I don't know when he plays again. And that's the question. I was like, when does he play again? And when is he healthy enough to play again? So exactly. And and they put him out there uh, two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. He played the first, uh, I think, two drives of the game, and they pulled him. So I, I don't think I'd be comfortable. I, I know he has name value, but I don't think I'd be comfortable playing him until I see one good game before I actually start him. I think he needs like a 15-point game for me to be comfortable putting him in my starting lineup, unless I'm really desperate yeah. during a bye week. I agree. All right. Uh, limited practice on Wednesday. James Conner with the ribs. I think he returns this week against Seattle, but we'll see because he has gotten limited practice the last few weeks and hasn't played. Uh, DeAndre Swift with the ankle and shoulder injury. I believe Dan Campbell made a comment the other day kind of saying like, oh, I think we gave him one too many carries or something like that. He um, said we gave him too many touches. Just so you know, in the game he had uh, six, six uh, five rushing attempts for six yards. Yeah. And he had, I want to say, six targets maybe five targets five, five targets with five catches 27 yards and touchdown i remember um and so 10 touches was too much for your all, pretty much all pro running back yeah that, that, that was weird yeah uh alan lazard with a shoulder injury practice limited on thursday darren waller with a hamstring practice limited on thursday cooper cup with the ankle practice limited Thursday, these are all Thursday. Um, Jarvis Landry with an ankle, and Austin Eckler was downgraded to limited with an abdomen. Um, we believe it's something that's being held out or limited for precautionary reasons. Doesn't seem like something yeah. uh, too serious. So um, that's one thing to monitor. Full practice: Derek Carr with a back injury, uh, Tyler Lockett with a hamstring and ribs, DK Metcalf with a knee. I still can't believe that they're both out there and can't make her. So there you go. Moving on to our all boom teams for Week Nine. Players that we think are going to boom. Um, and yeah, there you go. So Nick, who is your all-boom quarterback for week nine? All right, Nick. I told you I was going to do something. Last week, I did not ask you a question. So I'm going to start off with a question for you. All right. Do you know who is the QB 11 on the season? Granted, he hasn't had his bye yet. Over the last four games, he's averaging 21 points per game. In those in two of those matches, it's two of his highest scoring games of the season. You face tough defenses in Dallas and New England. Uh, well, now I got to run through the schedule. I mean, <laughs> Dallas and New England. Uh, it, it it's not it's a Fields, is it? It is Justin Fields. Oh, Look at Lord. you go! I am booming Justin Fields. I can't believe I'm saying this, but over the last four games, he has seven touchdowns, two on the ground, over ten yard, ten carries per game in each of those. And this week he's going up against the Dolphins, who have allowed the seventh most points to opposing quarterbacks. I'm not saying Fields is a good quarterback, but as long as he's putting up numbers like this, there's a very good shot he's a league winner down the road. If these boom teams could really blow up in in our faces. All right, uh, Nick, do you know which team has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks? Here's a question for you. I think Detroit Lions or the Tennessee not, It's neither of them. Mm. Ravens? It's not the Ravens. Dolphins. Not the Dolphins. Oh, I know those guys are at the top. I don't know. Oh, let me know. You're all naming the top 10. Uh, your first guess was closest at number two was the Lions. But number one is the Las Vegas Raiders. Ah. Going up against the Raiders this week is Trevor Lawrence. The Raiders are giving up most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Last week, they gave up 17 to Andy Dalton in a game where Andy Dalton wasn't even the featured scorer in that game. It was Alvin Kamara. On top of that, Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback 10 on the year in fantasy football. Um, he's at four uh, 
out of the um out of the four of eight games he's played, he's at over 15 fantasy points. Not a lot of quarterbacks have done that. Um, he's faced some tough defenses. I know he only had nine fantasy points last week in Denver. Um, he's he's had some other tough matchups. This is a really easy matchup, and he also has the rushing upside. Um, I know they do love ETN. I think this is a big week for ETN. But if they get to the goal line, they're not running ETN. They're running their their six foot quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So with the rushing upside, the passing upside of this horrific Raiders defense just got embarrassed by the Saints. Um, Trevor's a good play this week if you need to play a quarterback while you know somebody's on by. You want to know what's really funny about that take? I had Trevor Lawrence written down, and I said, "What have field stats been?" Because I know he's been pretty good, and I saw the numbers, and I said, "I'm a, I'm a roll out field." All right, good. So I, so I like your take. I do you like your take. All right, um, who is your first uh, all boom running back for this week? I feel like I'm not allowed to use him because he's been really good, and he's he's one of those you know top few rounds but i'm gonna take him because i think he's gonna have one of the best uh weeks of his career i'm going with aaron jones um last week in a matchup where they were down the entire game to the buffalo bills he had 20 carries his most of the season which says that he's going to be out on that field a lot more than aj Dillon. uh over the last two weeks they're also starting to use him in the passing game where he has 15 targets over that span and guess who he has the detroit lions who once again worst team to opposing running backs we know Aaron Jones is good for one of those four or five touchdown games a year. Here it is. like It's right on a platter. I would be shocked if he finished with anything less than a top five week. That means running backs played extremely well if he did. All right. My first all-boom running back. Um, and th- this is a little bit tricky um, to forecast. However, I- I'm going to go with the guy that I think is going to be starting. I'm going with Cordell Patterson who's coming off the IR. He practiced on Wednesday. Um, one of Nick's favorite fantasy football players on the planet. Now, if he doesn't start, I love him now. I love him. I now, with that, now, with that said, I am giving myself a little bit of a buffer here. If he does not start, if he's inactive, Tyler Algier gets this bump. I, I originally did have Algier in this, and then I saw that he practiced, so I put Cordell Patterson because I, I love the matchup. I love playing the matchups, and the Chargers are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. For Cordell Patterson, he's at over twenty fantasy points in two out of four games uh, before the injury, and I think he got injured in the fourth game that he had a bad game. So really, in two out of three games that he was healthy, he had over twenty fantasy points. Um, the Falcons are running through their their running backs, whether it's passing or receiving, they're going through the running backs. Um, so if it's not Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier gets slotted in there. He's at over ten fantasy points in the last two weeks, including seventeen last week uh, without a uh, with a receiving touchdown, not a rushing touchdown, but. Um, either one of those backs is going to have a really good day. So whichever one starts, I believe, is a boom this week. So I'm, I'm putting Cordell Patterson in there. Um, but the same situation last week that I had with Debo and Ayuk, um, you know, if an injury stops him, you know, I'm playing the matchup still. All right. Who is your second all-boom running back for this week? We, I feel like I have him all the time, but I don't care. I'm not going to stop putting him on there as long as he's being this dominant. I'm going with Kenneth Walker. In his three weeks as a full-time starter, his stats are averaging over 21 carries per game. He has over 300 total rushing yards and four touchdowns. Let, the last time he played Arizona, which was, of course, only one Two weeks season, ago, yeah. He just dropped 19 points, so I'm not going to be surprised if he does it again. I'm going to keep him up on this list. And Nick gave me a great stat, which I'm going to use real quick. Kenneth Walker has six rushes over 20 yards. The next best team has four, and it's a four-way tie. So Kenneth Walker is breaking away big runs, and he missed time because he was a rookie, never got fully implemented in the offense. He had the hernia injury, too, at the beginning of the season. So Yes, so it's Kenneth Walker season, man. I I think he's the league winner. I think he's also getting to the point where he can't be on this list. I think he's very close. He is close. I think this is a debate that he's a top 10 fantasy running back right now. 
Yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, I think he's a top twenty pick next year. I would. I don't. Uh, I don't. Probably, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's a debate in that. I mean, looking at the running backs that were taken in the top twenty, you know, this year, like a guy like James Conner, like I, I, I like Walker's situation more than I liked Conner's this year. If, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So, I um, I, I do want to note though that game is in Arizona, and if you ever in Arizona. Cardinals versus Seattle Seahawks team in Arizona. They are the wackiest football games you'll ever see in your life. Um, the turf is also historical for injuries to the Seahawks. And um, there's also a player the Cardinals just signed that almost uh, cost Chris Carson a pretty bad injury one day because he did a, a gator roll over his ankle. Um, clips on Twitter mm-hmm. if you guys want to see it. I'm not lying about this stuff. So you, you, could, you could check it out on Twitter. Um, all right. My second all-boom running back is a guy that probably shouldn't be on this list anymore, but that's okay. Um, I'm going with Josh Jacobs because he had a really bad game last week because the Raiders were horrendous, horrendous, horrendous last week. Um, but the face of the Jaguars, who have given up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, six running backs have put up 14-plus. Uh, Josh Jacobs had, I think, three straight weeks of 20-plus before last week's horrendous game against the Saints, and the Saints have one of the best rush defenses in the league. So uh, bad matchup. They clearly got shut out. I think the Raiders should get back to their uh, – winning ways this week, hopefully, and should have a, a better offensive um, game plan and should really feature Josh Jacobs. And if they do, Jacobs will have a really nice day and the Raiders should have a nice day. Who was your first wide receiver boom this week? Another guy that's been boom bust. He's been on both our lists on both sides of it. I'm going with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he has the sixth easiest matchup this week going up against the Tennessee Titans. And he's coming off the bye. Patrick Mahomes' stats coming off the bye are averaging like 300 yards and two and a half touchdowns. So, Juju is easily slotted in for a big game. And on top of that, in the past few weeks, um, the two weeks before the bye, Juju had two t- games over 20 points. Uh, over the last five games, he has four games with eight and above targets. And the one that he didn't, he still managed to hit over 100 yards. So the numbers are there, the opportunities there, the target share is there. And Andy Reid plus Patrick Mahomes plus a bye equals a big fat W. Or as Andy Reid likes to call it, the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. So that's what it's going to look like for Juju this week. My first one, I have Chris Olave. Baltimore Ravens have been a horrific defense to wide receivers. Uh, They've given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've basically been one to four the entire season. And Olave said double-digit fantasy points every single week this season. I I don't know if there's any other receiver out there besides like Cooper Cup that's had double digits every single week. I'd really have to, you know, do a deep dive on that. But like Devontae Adams has had at least one bad week. I think Jefferson's had one bad week. I do have one, and he's at the bottom of my list, my second flex option. So I will one that one, one that's also had double digit fantasy points every week. Yes. All right. Um, if you want to save him for the flex or you want to bring him up now, it's up to you. It's relevant. I'll bring him up now. Once You're up. So it. take it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am going with a guy I have not been high on all year, all preseason Jacoby Myers. He did miss two games this year. So I will give a lot of the edge, but right now he totals the wide receiver 26. He's averaging 16 points per game. Uh, which is high enough to earn him the 13th most points per game. Above him includes DeAndre Hopkins, who has only played two games, Hollywood Brown, who's out for an extended period of time, and Michael Thomas, who is we're not going to see for the rest of the season. So realistically, he has the 10th most points per game uh, out of the guys that have played you know, an, an extended period of time in the league. Most importantly, I've been very impressed with how they use him against the Jets. Having gone to the game and watched it, they were smart enough to know how to use him best, and they realized that he's clearly the best receiver. They moved him into the slot. They gave him all the opportunity near the red zone to go score the touchdowns outside of the running game. 
Um, and it was a very, it was a lot smarter than you would have thought. Cause I know that the Patriots offense has been getting bashed for weeks, but th- they know what they're doing over there in new England. So, and on top of that, the lowest points he ever had in a game this year was 10. Uh, and he had three touchdowns in three of his last four matchups. So, um, t- it, it's a tough matchup, but I'm really not going to be too worried about Jacoby Myers. All right. Uh, my second wide receiver boom is going to be Terry McLaurin, somebody who's appeared on my bus list, I think, two of the last three weeks or something. And uh, he's proved me wrong a couple of times, so now I'm putting him on the boom list. Uh, two games with uh, Taylor Heineke at quarterback. He's at over 15 fantasy points against good defenses as well, including the Indianapolis Colts, who have a really good defense against wide receivers. Uh, now he's facing the Minnesota Vikings, who have given up the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Play the matchup. Play Terry McLaurin. The football team's about to or the commanders, they're about to sell their team. Uh, it seems like things are going bright over there. So I, I would play Terry McLaurin. So who is your first, uh, I think we're at the flex now. Who's your first flex option this week? I'm going with a guy that has a similar story to Jacoby Myers. Missed a week, has been incredibly productive. And I think that this player has been the most underrated player in fantasy football. He's someone I'm go- I am easily targeting in all of my leagues moving forward. I am going with Alan Lazard. The Green Bay Packers did not trade for a wide receiver. And Alan Lazard has proven this season that he is the wide receiver one over there, even above Romeo Dobbs. He is currently ranked the wide receiver 36, but is the most one of the most misleading um, you know, rankings in football. He's averaging 14 points per game, which is good enough to put him at the wide receiver 20. Six of the guys above him missed significant time, just like I mentioned with DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas, um, Marquise Brown. There's three others on that list. I don't have them written down here. Um but he's pretty much for all the guys that have played five plus games. He's currently averaging the 14th most points per game in fantasy football. He's been super consistent since returning. He, he every single one of his games has been over nine points. So it's not the double digits, but it's been nine and above. And that was his first game back from, from the, the week one injury. Um, in, in uh, four of his last six games, he has over 14 points as well. Through the last five weeks, he's averaging seven and a half targets and has a touchdown in four of those games. And again, once again, as I said against with Aaron Jones, you take that Lions matchup week in and week out. It is the get right week for the Green Bay Packers. There's no better lob in football than the lob right against that secondary. So I'm expecting Lazard to have his biggest game of the season. He hasn't cracked 18 points yet. I think he's going to hit the 20 mark. And you put a stack up there, wide receiver, a running back stack. Yes, I did do my stack, my typical stack. All right, my first. Uh, I, I have the other side of the ball across on Terry McLaurin, and that's going to be Adam Thielen. Um, could be a shootout in this game. Adam Thielen's had uh, back-to-back games with double-digit fantasy points. He had a couple of those this season. He's always a threat for the red zone. Uh, I think both teams are going to throw a lot. I don't think we're. Gonna, I don't think it's going to be a running back game. I think it's going to be a you know a shootout. So both quarterbacks I think are playable. I think all receivers are playable. And that includes Terry McLaurin. I mean, um, Adam Thielen who's going up against the Washington uh, Commanders defense and has given up the seventh most fantasy points to receivers right behind the Vikings defense. So both of those receivers should have nice days. Jefferson and um, um, and Curtis Samuel should also have nice days. I, I think all four are very playable, but the two I've picked out are Adam Thielen and Terry McLaurin. Who's your second flex? You know who this guy is because you wanted him as well, but he's been my guy, so I'm, I'm going to take him. I'm going with Joshua Palmer. In his last game that he played, 12 targets for nine catches, against a very, very, very tough Denver defense. He also did get a concussion in that game and left a little early, so there's no telling what his stat line would have been moving forward. Um, And off the bye, guess who he gets? 
the pitiful Atlanta Falcons secondary who just allowed 34 points to the Panthers. It is very likely with Keenan Allen out, Joshua Palmer walks in as the wide receiver one, and we watched DJ Moore. I know he caught that last second touchdown, but we did watch him just put up a uh, close to a 30-point fantasy. He day. had 18 before the touchdown. so Yeah, so he was dominant before it, and he was. I think he finished right under or right over 30 points. Whatever it yep. was, he finished with a good day. And Palmer, I guarantee, is going to do it as well. If I had to guess the stat line, like if you told me put the numbers that I think, I think he's going to go for eight catches, easily over 100 yards, probably closer to 120, and he will find the end zone at some point. That's 26 points right there. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I have Tyler Boyd going up against the Carolina Panthers defense. It's given up the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, they've also given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers where Tyler Boyd plays most of his snaps. Um, the Bengals looked really bad on Monday night. This has to be a get-right game for the Bengals. I know they're going into the bye. I think it's week 10. They have the Panthers, then the Steelers, then the bye. Um, Jamar Chase could potentially return after the bye. They really have to get this win against Carolina, get on track. Uh, this is the game where the offense can kind of hit their rhythm before the Steelers game and before the bye. Um, besides Chase, they seem to be pretty healthy. Boyd is, has a, a good connection with Burrow and has been a fantasy-relevant wide receiver for a couple years, so this should be a really good game to play both Boyd and Higgins and Burrow, and they should they should all get their, their points in this one. Who's your tight end boom of the week? I'm going with the Jet, Tyler Conklin. Oof. So you got to listen to the take, and I – I'm the one Jets fan. I'm one of the only fans in football that can truly separate their fandom and their analysts. I've been right on every Jets game so far this year with wins and losses. The Jets are getting blown out this week by the Buffalo Bills. I don't think there's anyone in the world that thinks that it's not going to happen, including Jets fans. Tyler Conklin's been a boomer bust player. He's currently the tight end six. In the three losses that the Jets have this year, and they were playing from behind in all three of them, He's averaging 16 points per game and has over eight targets in each of those. Zach Wilson was looking to him in tough situations all day, and he will be running from Von Miller all day. Tyler Conklin's the guy he's going to keep looking for as long as Corey Davis is out, as long as Elijah Moore is out. It's going to be Garrett Wilson and Tyler Conklin seeing the majority of that workload. And when Tyler Conklin's averaging 16 points per game in these losses, you have to play him in these blowout games. All right, so... I, I really wanted to use Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz. He's another is, off limits now. <laughs> Zach, Zach Ertz had double digit fantasy points in every single game, except for the one when he went against the saints and he's facing the Seahawks defense. That's allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends. I've used Zach Ertz in two of the last three weeks. Then I wanted to use Evan Ingram. He's facing the Raiders defense who has allowed uh, the third most fantasy points to tight ends. <laughs> I've used him in two out of the last four weeks. Um, so I'm choosing somebody different for the sake of it almost. However, with that said, I think Zach Ertz and Evan Ingram are awesome, awesome plays this week and should be played over most tight ends. So I have another good play. I have uh, Gerald Everett. Facing those Atlanta Falcons who have given up the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends. They've also allowed uh, two wide receivers to go over double digits, I think in I think at least in six of their eight games or something like that. And I know that Everett's not a receiver, but he plays like one. And if Keenan Allen's out there hobbling on one leg or out, um, Everett and Palmer are both going to um, gobble up those tar targets, and so will Austin Eckler. Um, Everett's had double-digit fantasy points in four out of the seven games. This is a good play. Play the matchup and play Gerald Everett. But also play Zach Ertz and Evan Ingram because they're really awesome plays. Moving on to our Week 9 all-bust teams, who do you got as your quarterback? I had him as my boom last week, but I'm going to have to bust him this week. And 
Like I said, I've been very accurate about the Jets this year. I've been very accurate about this quarterback. It's Tua Tagovailoa. I can't believe I knew how to say the name right, but I did. I might challenge Nick to say it because I know Nick struggles with saying some of these guys' names. But not, on, not at your I fault. Say these that guys one. have tough names. It's not I fair. Could say, I could say that one. That's an easy one. Go for it. Tagovailoa. There you go. Uh, say Albert O's name now. I think it's a Guma Bawale. I think I'm saying it right. It's Albert O. That's all it is. Uh, he's going up against the Bears. And, you know, I would have felt a little more confident in the stake had they not just traded two of their best defensive players. But the secondary, they didn't move anybody. And their secondary has been pretty stout this year. Um, in the six games he's played, he has two games that make up 60% of the points that he scored. That is absurd. That is an absurd outlier for fantasy when you consider he's played seven games this year in the rest of the games, he's averaging 11.5. And yes, I know he was hurt in one of those games. He got the concussion and missed time, uh, missed the rest of the game. And I know he did leave a game early with a concussion and missed the rest of the game. Well, in the other two games, he's averaging 13 points per game. So you can't even tell me he's startable in those ones either. Um, his two booms were against the Ravens and the Lions. The Ravens in week one allowed the Jets to score a shit ton of fantasy points at the wide receiver position. And the Lions, we all know that secondary sucks. So we knew that those receivers were going to cook them, and they absolutely did. I don't think that he's going to suck, but two has proven that he needs the three-touchdown, 300-yard game, or else he's just an average NFL quarterback. So do I think he's going to get the three-touchdown, 300-yard game, or do I think he's going to get the one to two touchdowns, the 200 yards. That's a fine fantasy day. If I had to bet, I think he's going to find find a fine day rather than his boom day. All right. For me, my bus quarterback is going to be Jared Goff, and here's why. Uh, when Jared Goff faces tough defenses, he doesn't play well. In three games where he faced really tough defenses against the Philadelphia, um, I'm sorry, um, against the New England uh, Patriots um, and the Dallas Cowboys, um, he had under 10 fantasy points in both of those games. He's going up against Green Bay Packers defense. Um, that is uh, the fifth best defense against quarterbacks. That's a really tough matchup for him. Um, this has to be the get right game for the, the for the Packers. If they ever have one this season to get right, this will be it. Um, so this is not the game to play Jared Goff. Um, I, I would sit him this week. There's other starters. Trevor, um, Nick mentioned Justin Fields. Um, there's, there's other players who you can play. Jared Goff is not one of them this week. Mm -hmm. Who's your first running back bust of the week? Remember what I said about the Jets and how I've never been, how I've been very accurate this year. I was going to do it, but I felt it was unfair because I don't think they should be played anyways. I don't think they should be on this list. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree as much as I love him. Michael Carter, you are going to hit the bust list this week. Um, Buffalo has been stout against running backs. They've been one of the five best teams in football. And the fact is the Jets haven't trusted Brees, uh, Michael Carter, like they did Brees Hall. Um, Brees went down last week and this, or two weeks ago and this past week, he only gave seven rushing attempts to Michael Carter. He's going to need a ton of volume in targets to make up for that, uh, for the low rushing volume. And like I said, the Jets are probably going to go, they're going to go into MetLife knowing that they're going to get blown out of this game. Do I hope they prove me wrong? Absolutely. But I, we know that Buffalo team is probably the best in football. I know people will debate the Eagles and the Chiefs. No, there is no more stout team than the Buffalo Bills. And the Jets can't match them for talent. They're too young. They're not good enough. And James Robinson now is here. You know, he's going to eat more into that workload. I know they played him a little bit last week, but they, they did use a pick on him, right? Like, it's not a valuable pick, but they did use a pick on him. They are going to try and implement him in the scheme. So if I don't know who which running back, I do think it will be a little more of a committee than it was last week. 
and Carter already didn't get the trust that the other running back got, and we know that the game script's not going to be good. I just don't have any reason to play him. Do I think that either one of them could be a league winner? Sure, because they do have a very easy schedule down the stretch, but we all know the Buffalo matchup's one to avoid, especially for an average football team. My first bust is Jonathan Taylor. Um, In six games this season, he's at under 10 fantasy points in three of them. Now he's facing the New England Patriots defense that is the third best against running backs. It's a nightmare matchup. Top of that, he's dealing with an ankle injury. On top of all that, he's been outscored by Naheem Hines, who's not there anymore, but he's been outscored by him three times. That's telling. On top of all of that, it's a bad game script. Um, They have a rookie quarterback playing against Bill Belichick. Bad. Like They're going to be down in points. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Um, If Taylor does not play, Deion Jackson is also on this list. So I'm covering my butt here. Whichever Colts running back starts, they're not going to have a good game. And if they both play, neither of them are having good games, in my opinion. So I would, I would bust both of those Colts running backs. Who's your second running back bust of the week? I'm going with Antonio Gibson. Minnesota ranks top 10 to the running back position. And right now, Antonio Gibson's the RB16. Over the last two weeks, he's been pretty good. He has 16 points and 20 points, but it's been incredibly inefficient. He's been bailed out by touchdowns and some passing uh, work last week. And he only has one good game so far without the touchdown. It was week one. He put up 20 points with no touchdown. Since week one, guess who's here? Brian Robinson. Since Brian Robinson has been here, unfortunately, Antonio Gibson only has 25 rushing attempts over those four weeks. That's about six carries per game. That is truly committee. Has he been the pass catching back? Absolutely. But I am not trusting the pass catching back over there. His projection on ESPN right now is 10. And they have a tough matchup against Minnesota. Yep. I think he's going to be under the 10 mark, unless if he could get bailed out by another touchdown. On Sunday Night Football, your Chiefs should put up some really good fantasy points, except Clyde Edwards Alaire. The Titans are not good at much. I'll be honest with you about that. But what they are good at is defending the run. They're the fifth best fantasy team against uh, fantasy running backs. Top of that, Clyde Edwards Alaire has not scored over. Uh, 10 fantasy points in three straight matchups, and the touches have declined in four straight games. Top of all that, Isaiah Pacheco got named the starter um, two weeks ago before the bye. I anticipate Pacheco starting on Sunday night. His role is expanding. They like using Michael Hardman down there. They like to shuffle passes to Kelsey. Um, if he doesn't score a touchdown, I don't think he scores double-digit fantasy points. And I've been beating this drum for the entire season. And I'm anti-Clyde Edwards-Alaire. going to keep beating that drum. Um, there you go. I'm busting Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week. Who's your first wide receiver bust of the week? I'm going with Michael Pittman. I know you wanted him, but um, I did want uh, Jonathan Taylor as well, and I did choose to pass on him for the week. So we do both back. So, so, so did you? Him. Did you know that I was going to take Taylor? I'm sure you did. I didn't. I wrote him down, and then I took him off the list. Gotcha. So I, I would have had him on there, but I saw the practice reports, and I figured if he doesn't play, you know, I I figured I had two running backs anyway. I'll just roll with those two. But we both agree we don't like Taylor. We both agree we don't like Pittman. The fact is Sam Ellinger absolutely blows as a quarterback. Like, he's no played one right. game. I can't say that yet. He's played one game. He was drafted so late in the draft. He couldn't beat out Carson Wentz. He was behind the depth chart behind Nick Foles for for uh, the majority of the season. Like, There's no reason Sam Ellinger should be starting against Bill Belichick, who dominates young quarterbacks. Like, it, it, It's just a fact. You can look up any metric you want. He is the best coach against young quarterbacks. It's going to be an ugly day all around. And Pittman, he's putting up Deontay Johnson-type numbers where he just purely plays on volume and his talent. 
and the volume ain't going to be there against uh, against New England. On top of that, this week the Colts fire their offensive coordinator. Usually teams will play better with a new offensive coordinator, but you can't tell me a first-time OC is going to go out there and outduel Bill Belichick. Yeah, There's no messy. one in the world that's going to convince me of that. Whatsoever. That's messy. Let's keep talking this game. I know you have him as a boom, but I have him as a bust, so one of us is going to be right. I have Jacoby Myers, and I've been a Jacoby Myers supporter for – uh, the entire season, but yeah. I love playing the matchups and the Colts are the best team against wide receivers. I know they can move them around into the slot and stuff like that, but that Colts defense is legit. Um, I don't believe in Mac Jones or Bailey Zeppi or whoever's playing quarterback over there. I do believe in that Colts defense though. Um, putting, putting a game plan together to stop Jacoby Myers. Um, I, I know that um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Devontae Parker just went on IR. Um, they don't really have another receiver that they could use. So why not just try to shut down Jacoby Myers and, you know, Try to let one of those other receivers beat you. That that's kind of what I would do. Um, he has a double-digit fantasy points in every game, so I'll give him credit for that. But one of those games, um, he had a touchdown. So you know, he wouldn't have double digits without the touchdown. He had it obviously, so I can't take it away from them. But it wasn't a good game besides that. So um, I'm saying it's a bust game unless he scores a touchdown. Um, it could be wrong, but you know, I'm gonna stick to the matchup. Hey, listen, if it's a ten to twelve point game, we're both. I mean, you're more right than I am, but we're yeah. both. You know. He wasn't a boom. He wasn't. That's, a boom. that's not bad for a flex play either. Twelve points. Yeah, so exactly. Um, who do you got as your second wide receiver boom of the week? I am the biggest non-Lions Lions fan that there probably is in the in the New York area, and I'm probably one of the biggest Salmon Roth fans. But I am not trusting him this week. Just like Nick is not trusting golf. Um, he missed a game with the tour rule, and then he missed another game with another injury. Um, but he still hasn't been great since week two of fantasy, including the games he has played. And the last four games he has played, he hasn't scored over 14 points, and we know he's a big boom-bust guy. Um, I know that's fairly high, but in two of them, he has less than six points. Take out the two-a-rule game, and he's averaging 11 points in the other three. And the Packers have Jair Alexander, who is a beast. I know he hasn't looked like a beast uh, in a couple of these games, but he is going to look like a beast this weekend. Um, And the Lions offense... It has not been the same since it was at the beginning of the year. Through four weeks, they were averaging the most points per game in football, but in these tougher defensive matchups, they have not been the same. New England absolutely blew them out. The Cowboys shut them down, and the Packers are not on that level, but they're not too far off of it. So um, he's projected in for 16 points in ESPN. Um, I think that's way too high for him. I'm not going to bench him because we do know Amon Ra, any single matchup with even Jared Goff, can go out there and put up a 30 point bomb, but I'm not expecting the nuclear Amon Ra game this week. Yeah, that, that's, that's not a bad take. Um, I am going with uh, Gabriel Davis and Gabriel Davis is a guy that I've pretty much been high on, um, but in six games, he's at under 10 fantasy points in three of them. Now I think he was injured for two of them, but still um, I am worried about him getting lost in the sauce this week. Uh, one of those, those receivers will get lost in the sauce, whether it's Diggs or Gabe Davis. I don't think it's going to be Stefan Diggs. They can move him to the slot. He's also so talented. Um, as good as sauce has been, I'll take Diggs, Jefferson, and Cup over any corner in the league. They're just, they're just too talented. The rules favor the offense. I'll yeah. take those three against just about any corner in the league. Um, I think Gabe Davis is very talented, but if he's getting shadowed by sauce and DJ Reed's, Reed's been really good as well, um, I could I could see Gabe Davis posting a not-so-great stat line in this one. Um, there's going to be games that he has really good stat lines. I don't think this game is one of them, so I'm going to put Gabe Davis on my bust list this week. Um, who is your first uh, flex option this week? I'm going with Devin DuVernay. He's getting a lot of hype off of this uh, the, the Bateman injury and his potential to go off, but 
I don't like it. I'm going to have to start him out of desperation, so I do hope I'm wrong. But he's played every game this year. He only has one game over five targets. He has zero games over five catches, and he has no games over 60 yards. So what that tells you is touchdown or bust. That's exactly the type of games that he's going to need to have. It. The Saints are coming off a game where they just shut down Devontae Adams. The best receiver that's going to be out on that field will probably be Devin DuVernay. If you want to count Isaiah Likely, sure, but it's Devin DuVernay. He's the one that has seen the highest snap share of any of the guys that are rolling out there this week. So I'm very worried for him, and I do not think I could trust him against a legit defense. And, yeah, if you have to flex him, I think I'd rather flex Likely. Like, if he right. up. Well... I'm going to throw a wrench in here. I'm actually going to do my tight end. Um, I'm busting Mark Andrews, who's phenomenal. But you were talking about the defense here. New Orleans is the best team against tight ends. Number one against fantasy tight ends. Um, they've shut down every tight end they've played. They haven't allowed a tight end to go double digits, um, including Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, the best tight end they face, and, and Kyle Pitts as well. But um, they haven't allowed any of them to go over double digits. And for Mark Andrews, I, I think where you drafted him, you're expecting 15 to 20 fantasy points. If he gets you under 15, to me, that's a bust week. If you get 12, that's a bust week. So I think Andrews, as a likely, I wouldn't want to play any of them because they're so good against the tight ends and the receivers. Okay. Um, I think this could be a bad game. So I know I, I know I jumped the gun on tight end here. I know we're doing flexes, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it around here. Um, I'll let you do uh, another flex or tight end, whichever one you want to do here. It's your choice. I'll, I'll roll into the tight end. So, I mean, I said I don't like Lions. I also don't like former Lions. I haven't liked TJ Hawkinson this season. I'm still not going to go like him over in Minnesota. They're going up against Washington, who is the best team to the tight end position uh, so far. He's going to ha- be guaranteed to have a limited role. Um, usually they will look to give the tight end that's on the new team the first, like a touchdown. Like So he might get it, but I do think it's only going to be a one or two catch game. Uh, he might have the touchdown, and he might be a plug-and-play guy, but – He's not going to be that good. Irv Smith's depth of target is a lot further than TJ Hawkinson, so he's not really filling the Irv Smith role. The only thing Hawkinson has the advantage in is he's very good after the catch. So could he be very good after the catch? Sure, but if you're telling me he's going up against the best team against the tight end position, I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's a great football move for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure how great of a fantasy move it's going to be the rest of the season, and I don't want to roll him out there in his first game. All right. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Um Allen Robinson has been productive in his last two matchups, double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back games. Before that, he had a double-digit fantasy week, uh, you know, after week two. Facing the Bucks defense, it's only allowed three touchdowns to receivers line up on the outside. That's where Allen Robinson likes to play. Um, on top of that, the Rams have looked really bad. I know Stafford spread the ball around the last two weeks, but they still just don't look good. They just got smashed by the 49ers, and I just don't see that turning around. Um, the Bucks defense, I feel like, knows how to play them. Um, and this is going to be a – I feel like this game has to be a get-right game for one of these teams, or maybe they just both suck. Like, I'm still counting on both these teams to turn it around at some point, but I don't know. Maybe they're both just bad because um, neither of them look good right now. So we'll see when push comes to shove this Sunday, but um, I- I'm not betting on Allen Robinson having a good game against the Bucks on Sunday. Who is your uh, – so your last flex bust of the week is your last player on your bus team. Yep. I have Rondale Moore. I'm going to keep it short and sweet as well. He's going up against Seattle, top five team against wide receivers. His only great fantasy day for him has been with a touchdown against Minnesota, a long touchdown, who has been one of the worst teams to wide receivers. He's just too inconsistent for me at this moment. Do I think he could – 
be very good down the line with Marquise Brown out there. Sure, but I'm going to play him in the more favorable matchups. That's where you look for your wide receiver twos. And at the end of the day, Rondell Moore is a wide receiver two on a team and a lackluster offense, to say the least. He could be facing the future uh, rookie of the year, uh, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. He's been very good. He has been. I, I'm, I'm busting Nick's chops because Sauce has been really good as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, will, get tilt, I, I, I will I will gladly take one Seahawk to win uh, a rookie of the year. And I think Kenneth I Walker. I think it's going to be Walker. Oh, Olave looks phenomenal too. So we'll see. I think I think whichever team has a better record probably gets it, but they both look really, really good. And I think I had I think I had uh Olave's our rookie of the year um when we did our prediction show. I'll probably be wrong on that because I think Kenneth Walker is the fantasy rookie of the year. He's gonna win championships, but Olave's been phenomenal. I think I had Damian Pierce, so we've both been accurate. They but they, they, they all three have probably been the top three rookies, I think, unless I'm missing somebody on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. Um, all right. My last one is DJ Moore, who is constantly on one of these lists. <laughs> DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, CeeDee Lamb, like I, they, they get thrown around you a lot. You can't avoid these guys, man. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore, though, is a back-to-back really good week, so that's great, but don't chase the points because they're facing the Cincinnati Bengals, who are really good against wide receivers. I know Amari Cooper just had a really good game on Monday night. Um, they're good against those wide receivers, though. Uh, third best team versus the wide receivers. Cincinnati D, um, I think they're going to force the Panthers to run the ball a bit. They liked what they were doing with Deontay Foreman last week. Um, it was a messy game on Monday night, but I'm not. I, I I'm not gonna you know fault that one. So um, and, and I'm not believing in PJ Walker yet. I'm just not like I don't think PJ Walker is a great quarterback. So um, I think DJ Moore goes back to his ways of scoring under 10 fantasy points in this one. Okay, gonna end the show with flex on on one player from each team for each game. We're gonna tell you um. We're going to tell you which player we'd rather uh, play out of the two. So I'm going to give Nick the two players. He'll let me know, and then I'll give you my opinion as well. So first game, um, we do have the Chargers versus the Falcons. Joshua Palmer or Tyler Algier slash Cordell Patterson? Uh, I'd go with Joshua Palmer here. Um, Even if I knew Patterson was out and Algier was going to get all the workload, I still think I would take the upside of Palmer with his 12 targets from the prior game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Raheem Mostert or David Montgomery, the Dolphins at the Bears? This is a good one. I, I think both could be very solid plays, but I think I'm going to go with Montgomery here. Um, I typically don't like Montgomery, but the Bears have been so good at running the ball where I there, he hasn't really, as much as I like to fade him, he hasn't given me a reason to fade him. I'd almost rather play Herbert over Montgomery, and the Bears have given up the third most fantasy points to running backs. I almost made Mostert one of my booms this week, so I'll go with Mostert. DJ Moore or T. Higgins? T. Higgins, easy. Yep, I'm with you, T. Higgins. What about DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd? Is that harder for you? I I think Boyd is more likely to score the touchdown, so I'm still going to go with Boyd. All right. Romeo Dobbs or Jamal Williams? I like this question because Jamal Williams, a lot of rumors. Jamal, Jamal Williams has like seven him. touchdowns, and he looks good. I think I've learned, I, as much as I do like Jamal Williams in the matchup, like I do think Williams is a good play. I'm still going to always take whoever's going up against that secondary of the Lions. So I'm going to go with Dobbs here. I'll take Jamal Williams because I think he's taking my take from last year that Jamal Williams is going to overtake um, DeAndre Swift's main role. And I think that's kind of happening here. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman or Jacoby Myers? I'm going to go Myers. It's like the, it's so anti what I would ever do, but sometimes you got to admit when you're wrong. So I'll I have them both here. as busts, but I'll take Myers. Devin Singletary or Michael Carter? Both teams have been very good against running backs so far this year, but like I said, I think Carter 
it's more guaranteed a committee than Singletary is, even though that's another committee. But yeah, that's another committee with Hines. I mean, uh, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't think I want to play either. But if I don't if either. push came to shove, I'll go with the team with the better running back game script. Give me Singletary. I'll go Singletary as well. Adam Thielen or Curtis Samuel? That's a good one. I like you know, that. You know, just for fun, let's power rank these four receivers. Jefferson's number one, obviously, but then Terry Samuel Thielen. Well, Terry for me would be two. So it still leaves the same question. I think I would um, go Thielen or Sam. I think I'd go Thielen. Yeah, I think I'd go Thielen as well. I think all four are great plays, though. I yeah. agree with you on that. This is a good one, too. Josh Jacobs or Travis Etienne? Wow, that is a good one. We got some good matchups this week for the flex on them. Usually we don't have too many good ones. Um, cause I, think, so I, think, I think they both have to be played for sure. Absolutely. And they both have good plays, the good matchups. Um, I boom Jacobs, so I feel like I have to go Jacobs, but I do like Etienne a lot. I'd go Jacobs as well. I feel like I've been low on ETN, even though I was really high on him before the year. Like I don't know where the disconnect is, but those first three I, weeks threw you off. Yeah, because I was not expecting that. And I don't think you drafted him anywhere, did you? Do you have him anywhere? Did not. I didn't. So that's him. why. So so you don't you don't have a reason to still believe well, the in him. The thing is, my draft weeks. pick in all my leagues was the beginning of the first round. Yeah. So typically he would always be taken before the round, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't want to reach. Only Pierce I reached on. Right. I mean, I. I had him in two leagues, so I think I had to keep almost like believing in him, if that, if that makes sense, and trying to like urge myself to have hope, if that makes any sense. And I, I'm glad I did. Um, I'll, I'll take Jacobs, but I do like Etienne. Um, Tyler Lockett or Rondell Moore? Um, we both wanted to bust Rondell Moore, so I think we're both going. Yeah, Lockett. we're both going Lockett here. Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin? Godwin, easy. Yep. I'd, I'd slap Godwin every time. This is an easy one as well. Uh, Robert Woods or Juju Smith-Schuster? I know I'm busting Juju, but I still so much rather play Juju than play Robert Woods. You're booming Juju, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm booming, booming Juju. Juju. That's right. I am booming Juju, so give me Juju. I forgot. Because yep. I've right. him so many times. Um, that is our Flex on for this week. This is our show for this week. So thank you guys all for watching and or listening, however you're um, consuming our content. Thank you so much. Um, if you have any other questions, you know, hit us up on Twitter. And also the best place to get your questions answered is our live show, Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time to 9.30 on Facebook. YouTube and Twitter, Primetime Fantasy Podcast on Facebook and YouTube, and then Primetime FF Pod on Twitter. Um, it's going to be the most up-to-date news and up-to-date information we could give you as of Sunday morning at 8.30. And since we're talking rather than tweeting, we can give you a better explanation when it comes to those questions. So um, please drop your questions on that show. Um, we can't wait to see you guys there. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you listen to this show on an audio streaming platform like iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you watch it on YouTube, please hit a like on this video. Hit that subscribe button to the channel. Share it with your fantasy league. Share it with your friends. We'd love to get to 100 subscribers before the live show on Sunday. Uh, keep connecting with us on social media. We're going to have our all-boom teams and all-bust teams out this weekend. Um, Primetime FF Pod on, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then Primetime Fantasy Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you guys again for watching. Um, hopefully we see you guys on Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. See you there for the live show.